Hello, Black Healing Matters family. This is Danielle here at the Black Healing Matters podcast, where we offer you ideas to hopefully move you one step closer to your healing. And it is a wonderful Thursday, almost Friday, but you know, we can't skip over Thursdays because here on the Black Healing Matters podcast, Thursdays are a very, very, very special day. And today I'm excited because we are continuing on this Doing the Right Things Thursday with an interview that we started last week with the great Tasha Danielle of Financial Garden. Now, if you didn't get a chance to listen to part one of this amazing interview, I implore you, go back to last week, episode 93, and listen to that interview. It was phenomenal and very insightful. And she really gets into not just uh, how to save money, but also her mindset behind paying off over $80,000 in debt in just three and a half years. Amazing. So today, in this second half of the interview, you can look forward to her talking about the nitty gritty, getting down into the details of just how she was able to do that and some of the things that she finds are um, particularly problematic with people in our community when it comes to savings, uh, financial literacy, and overall just having good finances. So enjoy, sit tight, stay tuned. As always, stay blessed. Black Healing Matters. So there's all the financial gurus have so many different ways and say you should do this and do that. I kind of just took different pieces from different financial um, financial experts <laughs> to make it my own. Can you explain that briefly? I know you just mentioned, you said a term, and I understand exactly what you're saying. But for the listeners, for the Black Healing Matters family, can you explain what you mean by not leaving money on the table because you're, uh, you know, with your 401k? Can you explain what right. you mean by that? So usually um, in, when you work, even not, not, leave, not necessarily in a corporate environment setting, even when I worked at McDonald's, you know, it was a, as a manager, there was 401k available. Um, so basically you have to put, you decide what you want to take out of your paycheck pre-tax and that goes into an investment account and that's money supposed to be sit there. The money in a 401k is supposed to sit there till you retire at age 62 or 65. Um, and then a lot of employers will match that money. So if you, for example, you say you want to, to keep it simple, you want to invest a hundred dollars a paycheck and the employer is like, we're going to match you you know, 5% of that, you know, every paycheck, that means you're going to put in your $100 and then they're going to match you the 5% of the $100 to go into this retirement account. Mm -hmm. And so to me, you know, I didn't want to leave the, the money on the table, which would be, you know, I'm getting, giving my $100, but the $5, you know, on the table, hopefully I'm doing <laughs> oh man, right? Yeah, you're right. You're <laughs> um, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, you know, I don't want to be like CPA can't do simple math. Um, the five dollars on the table. So just an easy example of that's free money that I would be leaving behind by not, you know, investing. So 
for me to say, I, I you know I was doing investing because I was doing my 401k match up into the employer match. So at that time, my employer was matching, I think, 100% up to the first 5%. So 5% of my income automatically was going in there. Um, so I'll um, kind of backtrack into like what I actually did and, you know, the budgeting aspect, if you want to go, go there a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, my, I always ask during these interviews, <laughs> what are some tips that you think specifically black people, you know, this is the Black Healing Matters podcast. So right. you know, what are some tips you think specifically black people could benefit from in regards to their finances? And so maybe this would be a, a great tip. <laughs> A, a lot a lot of things i would say first first the mindset like you know i mentioned before like i had friends telling me you shouldn't do it this way but yet we were all in debt and nobody had a real solution <laughs> so first thing is change your mindset and getting around like-minded people so um through podcasts you know at that time the only person i had in my corner was my grandma you know um I would talk to her about it, but just being out with friends or whatever, having people come over to my house and be like, I'm not going out because I need to, I'm paying these bills. Mm -hmm. um, so podcasts. So I love and listen to podcasts such as Brown Ambition, you know, two uh, financial experts that are giving tips on how to manage your money and is for, you know, brown and black people to, you know, grow their financial toolbox. So um, another good podcast to listen to is Journey to Launch. Very hands-on, basic about, you know, credit tips, student loan forgiveness. They have, you know, um, she is a single host, um, gives great advice on that. His and her money for, you know, young Black couples out there that, you know, have money concerns and stuff. This is a, a Black couple that is sharing their pitfalls of finances from a couple perspective and giving tips to couples on how to manage and grow their money. Mm -hmm. So just those first thing you should do is start listening and becoming familiar with financial terms. Mm -hmm. um, so you can become more confident. First thing people say is I don't know anything about money. So they'll trust anyone who says they're a financial expert. You know, mm -hmm. I don't really <laughs> I'm kind of like, what are your conditions to consider yourself a financial expert? I'm a certified public accountant. So I had to get so many hours of corporate accounting experience or personal accounting experience and study for a very hard exam mm -hmm. <laughs> to get that certification. But some people are saying they're financial experts and they just gave themselves that title. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So, I <laughs> mm -hmm. so I'm just saying, like, you know, as you listen to podcasts, you will start to become familiar and more confident when you are looking, when you get to the point where you want to work with a financial advisor or a money coach or, you know, you will know what to ask and what to look for because you're not completely blind. So first thing, money mindset. And before even creating a budget, what are your goals? Mm. So for me, I didn't have any real goals on like why I wanted to pay off this debt. I just knew that I did when I was 18. I knew I didn't want to have it carrying around with me forever. Um, but, you know, growing up in the inner city, I didn't really have big imagination or big, you know, goals at that point in time. But I will say, after hearing Michelle Singletary speak, I also read Glenda Bridges, Bridgeforth's book, Girl, Get Your Money Straight. And that was a holistic viewpoint of setting financial goals. So I, you know, I kind of was getting that or whatever, but 
reading that book really was like set, you know, five year goals. I had a year, you know, financial goals or whatever, but laying in my long term. Because if you don't have any goals and why you want to do it, you're not gonna stick to a budget. <laughs> that's just that's why people don't apply it. And you know, and that's what financial garden is. It's a holistic financial, it's a financial literacy company. But it's not just telling kids what to do, it's telling them why they should do it. And then asking them how they feel about it. You know what I mean? Why, why would you spend your money that way? You know what I mean? So it's the same thing with adults. It's why everybody on this planet know they should save. (laughs) When I go in elementary schools and I say, what do you know about money? They're like, you can save it. I'm like, do you save it? They're like, no, but you should. So it's like, (laughs) even the kids know. And so that it starts early. Your financial schemas start, they start early. As soon as they can say, I want to buy this or can you buy this for me? They know what money does. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, before getting out of, before you can really achieve beating a budget, you have to get to the why behind it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, um, first money mindset change, start listening to podcasts. Second, I would say set goals, financial goals. Like, okay, do you want to go on a vacation? That could be a goal of yours to when I get all, when I pay all of my, pay off my debt, then I will go on a vacation or, you know, maybe it's paying the room in your house. Maybe, it, you know, just set those things. So, you know, well, I need to cut the cable or I need to, get rid of Netflix or Hulu for a few months because I'm trying to reach this goal. Mm-hmm. Um, so those those things before actually doing the budget are key. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so what I did was with doing a with doing my budget, it was sitting down and writing out, okay, this is how much money I'm bringing in mm-hmm. a month. Writing pen and paper. You don't have to I kind of I always tell people think about People are uncomfortable talking about money, just how they are uncomfortable talking about their weight and working out, right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, the first thing we do when we say we want to lose weight, we go out and buy new workout outfits, we buy the equipment, we buy the membership, and we like, we getting closer to our goal. And it's the same thing with money. People will be like, I went out and bought this money book, and I paid for this app, and I paid for this, and then you don't do anything with it. Mm-hmm. Start with pen and paper. And sit down and do the hard, daunting task of right, <laughs> right now how much money you have coming in. You yeah. know, a lot of people don't even realize how much they actually come that's coming in their house. Yeah. So that's including your money from your employer, any side hustle that you have. If you know, if you're selling cookies or cupcakes, cutting hair, braiding hair, write all of that down. Yeah. And then next, write down all your expenses. And I mean. Even now, to if you go into Dunkin' Donuts or Tim Hortons for the three dollar coffee, write everything down. Yeah. Then figure out what can you shave off. You know, because I'm sure you're probably going to be at a deficit, and that's why you're in this just this, this rabbit hole of everything. You know what I mean? Everything that's coming out is an expense. Mm-hmm. So those are just the income and then expenses. Before we even get to the other categories in the budget, that's very basic. You know, your hair, your nails, <laughs> all of that. Um, and be realistic about it. And then I say, okay, if I have $1,000 coming in every, let's say for $2,000 coming in a month, and I'm seeing that 
before I even get to save, before I do anything, I'm already at $2,100 coming out. That's the reality for a lot of people. They're mm-hmm. already at a deficit. And you know why they don't know it? Because they're swiping on the credit card. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not realizing that there's a shortage because in their expenses, they're making their minimum payment. You know what I mean? So um, right now, what's coming in? Everything and then expenses. And then you got to start figuring out what can you reduce and what can you cut. Right. That's what I did. So first thing I did, um, I was, like I said, I've always been good at budgeting. So I already had my spreadsheet because <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm a, uh, you know, that's just my thing. So I knew what I had coming in, but what I cut out was um, going out. Mm-hmm. I made those reductions. I, you know, I didn't have cable. Now cable is not that big of a deal, but um, I started paying, getting serious about killing all the debt in 2012. At the end of 2012, I was like, okay, this is, this is it. I was, you know, I was paying it, you know, but it wasn't at the pace that I could have. I didn't think I could get it done in three and a half years. When you start seeing how much money you need to get out of debt, you will find ways to make more money. And that's what I did. Yeah. So yes. what do you want to cut? So I didn't live at home at this time. When I started paying off my debt, I had my own apartment, but I found a cheap apartment. I found an apartment that was like $500 a month. Now, it was a nice apartment. I, you know how I found an apartment? Putting my feet to the ground, walk, driving around and seeing for rent signs and seeing, driving around neighborhoods that I would want to live in. And I looked up on something. I stayed there for five years, $500 a month for rent. I was paying my car. Um, down. I will say this too before I jump ahead. Um, people will say if you have a lot of debt, you should list your debt with the highest interest rate and pay those off first. You know, um, when you, because if you have debt, you more likely have credit cards and student loans. I didn't pay my debt off that way. Um, I paid off the smallest balance first. I did a snowball method. Um, so that means, whew. Albion is expensive, and I I think I had I think I had about eight lenders um, between federal and private alone. Um, so what I did was instead of me paying the highest interest rate first, I paid I pay, I paid the like two thousand dollar balance first for one loan. That gave me momentum. Like I was like I can do this. I made you know I sat there after I had everything rolled out. I put it into an Excel spreadsheet. You know if you want to make it more automated because that's going to make it easier. But for you to just get the basics, start with paper. But what I did was I'm like okay, I can do this. You know I'm like once I hit the two thousand, you go to the next, you go to the next debt, you go to the next, and then you're done. Wow. Um, it's it's all psychological. That's why I was saying it's back to the mindset. So for me, I left listed all the debt. And started just killing the debt from smallest to largest. But then that's how I tackled the debt. But before I got to the debt part, I cut out expenses. Like I said, I found, make sure I'm saving the most on my car insurance. So calling up your insurance company and saying like, okay, you want to look at your policy. How can you reduce it? Do you have all the rates? Start shopping. You know, do you have the lowest rate? Shop around for car insurance. Those big ticket items you can't just get rid of. If you already have the car, you know, see how you can pay that car off sooner. If you have a lease, because I had a lease um, in college, and I was like, okay, the best thing for me to do is, like, once I got a lease, was to buy a used car. 
I did buy a used car. It was fully loaded three years old, so it was not the cheapest used car. It was $17,000, but that was before I decided to kill all the debt, too. Yeah. Um, but your car is next. You know, if you're in the lease, figure out how you can get out of lease and get out of that cycle. Yeah. yeah. Um, it sounds like then, there's a lot. Like, there's, like, all these little <laughs> things. Like, yeah. So, like, so, like, when you say getting started i mean i know for some people they're like oh my gosh i gotta do all this but like, <laughs> if somebody's just gonna start with one thing like with just one thing because i know oh man we're almost out of time but i know like you know with, if someone was just starting with one thing like you were just like okay look this is the one thing that trips a lot of people up that they don't really think about but it trips a lot of people up what would you say that one thing would be when doing a budget mm-hmm. yes they can write it down all day if they don't stick to it because they still have the debit cards and credit cards on hand. So the first, that number one thing you can do is to cut up the credit cards or put them in a place. Exactly, right? <laughs> How nervous can you got? Oh um, cut them up. Or... <laughs> notice, <laughs> notice I didn't say close the accounts. I didn't say close the accounts. I said, you know, cut them up. Um, put them if you don't want to cut them up be that dramatic put them up in a, in a drawer or whatever you're not going to use them uh, second go cashless that's what the major thing I did after writing out my budget is I, I mean I went cash so I didn't use my debit cards anymore I had envelopes and I actually just found them like not too long ago I had gas money for work envelope <laughs> I had food money envelope and I didn't go buy anything fancy I just had regular me envelopes that I wrote on there in a Sharpie marker, keeping it real cheap. Yeah. <laughs> this is it. So once you write down, because I did, you know, I'm going all detail before you even, you know, decide. You probably gonna say, I'm not gonna cut anything off. I I'm already struggling. I'm at least have some fun in my life. I'm not gonna get rid of simple stuff. Getting rid of 10.99 subscription a month, it's not gonna help me. It will. It will. That's a, it does. So that's my number one thing is um, if you're overwhelmed by all the stuff I said, one <laughs> <laughs> thing is to remember is to stop swiping. Mm-hmm. Get rid of the PayPal account. Stop buying stuff online. Get rid of the Amazon Prime account. I know people are like, I'm not. Get rid of it all. You need to go back to the basics because. If you refuse to write down your stuff, which a lot of people are like, I'm not spending that much. If you go cash and you say, this is $100 for groceries, you're going to start to realize that you were spending way more than you thought you were. And then mm-hmm. once you have it's something about psychological, about passing out cash versus swiping your car, you're going to be, you're going to spend less. I'm speaking from experience. Yes. Because I, I think. I agree. I've done this before. <laughs> I actually did this. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't think I've shared this before, but I have actually done this before where, you, where I actually wrote down everything I spent. And I, I, I wrote that down shortly after I came to Korea because I was trying to get out of debt and make sure that I never went back into debt. And I was actually trying to save money at that time. And just, you know, I was finding it difficult. And I realized, like, like you said, that I was out of control. And that, you know, all of these things that I was spending money on, the swiping and all these different, like, I was just, I had no control over where I was spending. So I wrote everything down. I had this little tiny notebook that I carried around with me. (laughs) 
And I was writing down everything like, okay, $1.50, get on the bus. Like, what? You know, like, uh, you know, oh, I got that extra, you know, add on for, you know, whatever. Like, I, I was writing everything down. And you're right. Like once I, st- I didn't, I didn't cut up my cards. I'll, I'll be honest, I didn't do that. But I did write <laughs> now, right? And and then yeah. I would analyze my cre- my my credit card statements at the end of the month, and that told me the whole story. So then when I saw that, I started breaking it down into these different categories of food and you know entertainment and you know like right. housing or whatever, like all my different expenses. And then like you said, started just cutting down on the things that I didn't absolutely need and then cutting down the things that I did need, cutting down their, on their expenses. And so you're absolutely right. Like I, I totally agree with that control and actually just awareness of, of how much you're actually spending, whether you do it by cutting up your cards and you know paying cash for everything or you actually go through the process of writing every single thing down. I mean, and if you do this, you really have to be like, you know, there is no expense too small. Like you said, like, that, that's, that, that stick of gum. Like I bought some icebreaker for $3. <laughs> and it sounds ridiculous. It sounds redundant, but like, I realized also for me, just speaking from experience that I was making a lot of um, emotional or kind of impulsive decisions, especially when things were on sale. I'm like, oh, it's too it's cool. there. <laughs> you know, even though I don't need it, you know, like, <laughs> right? Oh, I can get, you know, it's two plus one. We have a lot of those sales in Korea, like two plus one. So I buy two and I get one free, but I don't really need one. Like, I only right. need one. Why would I buy two? And then I have to, you know, it's it, and it also it transitioned to other areas of my life where. I realized like I had all this stuff and clutter and like it was it was was (laughs) and so but I have to say after I went through that process of kind of like um you know like I said cutting away the fat um I did pay off lots of debt very quickly um I did uh end up saving a lot of money like very quickly because I automated everything because that's how I am. I'm lazy and I don't like to look at it. (laughs) I just, and to this day, I automate my savings. Everything is automated for me because I have this kind of routine. So what she's saying, Black Healing Matters family, this works. It's, it's, it only works though. Like she said, if you actually work it, like if you actually do it. And you know what? You when you get to the why you want to do it, you know, um, it's it's going back to the mindset. You know, you listening. I know everyone listening to this podcast know that they should spend less, but you don't do it. Mm-hmm. And there is an emotional reason why you're not spending less. Yeah. You know, you may feel like I don't make enough as it is, and I I I'm not gonna cut out something that's seven dollars a month. I'm already struggling as it is. That's that's an emotion. And that's what's preventing you from thinking that you can't achieve a goal. Yes. So it's just, you know, um, I just want everyone, you know, to know that you can do it. You know, it's first changing your mindset. Start listening to different podcasts. Start attracting the people that are on the same wavelength as you. It's like, I want to get out of debt, you know. And then, you know, it, it will work out. As you seek this information, 
it will become easier. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> if you're looking for it, it's looking for you. That's how it goes. Right. Wow. Thank you so much, Tasha. This has been like <laughs> Like it, it just made me like I keep like touching my eye because I keep thinking about <laughs> the journey of like oh my gosh yes, and it was fun like it wasn't it wasn't like oh woe is me like for me I found that it was really fun and empowering to be able to say I'm taking control over my money like I think once I realized that these retailers had so much power over me yes. like they could literally put up a, a sign that says you know sale. And something in my brain was like, you know, like, I <laughs> and, and I knew that that was conditioning from my childhood too. So for me, this whole budgeting thing, it's not just about the here and now, like this is about even breaking generational lines of poverty. Cause I know my right. mother was the same way. That's how I learned this, I, you know, this behavior. Uh, and you're right. It's all about the psychology. Wow. Thank you so much, Sasha. I appreciate this so much. <laughs> like you, you really, you brought home some things that I think, I know Black Healing Matters family, if you, if you did not hear, you know, if you were not fully present, you need to go back and listen to this because I'm going to definitely listen to this interview again. Thank uh, Tasha, you. where can people reach you, uh, learn more about Financial Garden? Like, you know, as we wrap up here, how can we, how can they keep in contact with you? Okay, so first and foremost, I want to say please visit my website. Um, parents, you know, I founded this company to change the conversation between parents and their children. Mm -hmm. Don't feel like if you're not in your your best financial situation, you can't help your kids. Because if you're not talking to them about it, chances are they don't know and they're, they are observing you. So that's how they're going to have their relationship with money. Mm -hmm. So check out my website. There's a free download for 10 fun ways to talk to your kids about money, financialgarden.net. Um, I'm on Instagram as Financial Garden. Mm -hmm. I'm on Facebook as Financial Garden. So F I N A N C I A G A R D E N is where you can find me. Had to do the spelling because it's not spelled, no acronyms, no shortness. Actually, how it sounds, Financial Garden. Okay. And I, I will link it in the show notes too. Oh, um, one more thing too. Sorry, my book Amina's Bracelet is on Amazon. So if you go to Amazon and just search Amina's Bracelet, it's about a little girl starting her business, and it really teaches the math of starting a business as a kid because that is a thing now. So just planting that seed of entrepreneurship is key too. Yes, especially in our communities. Much appreciated, y'all. Please do reach out to Tasha. She is the truth. Uh, like I said, I, I definitely vet the people that I asked to call. <laughs> I definitely know that they are walking their talk, and she's one of those people. So if you have any questions or, you know, if you're, especially with your children, man, please reach out to Tasha because she absolutely knows what she's doing. She's very dedicated to this. She's been doing yes. it for years and, and going strong. So I appreciate you, Tasha, not just for, you know, this interview, but for everything that you do in the community. How you show up is, is truly making a difference and changing lives. And thank I hope you. you know so thank you. Thank you for touching us all. We appreciate you. Thank you. All right. And on that note, Black Healing Matters family, I love you. Stay blessed. Stay tuned. Please don't forget to like. Don't forget to comment. Don't forget to share. Uh, review as well. Send me call-ins or emails, blackhealingmatters at gmail.com. 
On that note, I love you. Stay blessed. And as always, Black Healing Matters.